We're here at Ball Arena post-game after game one of the Stanley Cup final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and Colorado Avalanche. I'm Stephen Ellis. Joining me today is Mike Stevens. First off, Mike, wow, that's a good way to start the, uh, the Stanley Cup final. What an atmosphere. Like, that is that is hockey, baby. Like, that is exactly, exactly what we're looking for. The crowd was insane. Game Ops was incredible. It just, it just seemed like a perfect... Like a, 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 it just seemed like a perfect atmosphere for hockey. It was, and this is something where obviously we've seen increased, at least last year we saw some, an increase in the fans um, as the playoffs went on, but we didn't get to see a proper Stanley Cup final where it was a full arena every single night. And we will be getting that for this. Obviously, it's just game one. We've got a long way to go. But uh, you could tell the Colorado Avalanche were flying off that energy. They obviously win this game in overtime. Uh, it was not an easy one for them. But when they started out there, and I believe you tweeted it out, it's, it looked like they were determined to win at all costs. And they were the rested group, and they started off strong. Yeah, you know, I mean, the Avalanche, uh, you could definitely tell that they were a team that had eight days off in between games. I mean, they, like, they came out flying. And... Really, I mean, it's a testament to Tampa Bay that they were able to make it cl as close as it was, push it to overtime, tie the game up at a certain point, because the Avalanche, I mean, they, they dominated the possession game, they dominated the shot totals, I believe they outshot them 37 to 24, something like that. I mean, they, they were their forechecking was relentless. Like, they were incredible in the offensive zone, and yet Tampa never went away. But yeah, this was... The, the Avalanche were just, they were such, like, uh, the relentless is the term that I use. Like, it just, every single time they turned it over, it would come right back. Uh, they they were pushing, they were just just pelting pucks at, at Andre, uh, Andre Vasilevsky. It, it was a terrific performance. And, you know, John Cooper said it best in his postgame that the right team won. Yeah, and the, the Avalanche, again, feeding off that energy of that home crowd, that was an outstanding crowd, as we've yes. already said. That was awesome. It seems like everyone's kind of in agreement that we're here tonight. This was a special night because you could tell just how excited this crowd was to be there. First time they've been able to celebrate a Stanley Cup final game since 2001. Yeah. Some of those guys on the, the Avalanche team were not very old back when that happened. Um, also, just kind of looking at the Corsi numbers, the top two lines for the Avalanche were overwhelmingly dominant in terms of mm. Corsi 4. So that's kind of what goes back into this as a team that controlled the puck, controlled the play, and, and forced Tampa to kind of chase. And Tampa played a bit of a tougher series against New York Rangers. But it seems like they continue to start slow. And when you look at, they lost a really bad first game against Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes. Uh, they, they win the series against the Panthers, um, obviously in four games, but then you go to play the Rangers, and those first two games are not pretty, and they almost lost the game three. This is a team that, on one hand, really needs to take advantage of this power play, and that's been a problem for them a lot of points in these playoffs. Uh, it, maybe they didn't need seven games against the Leafs if they could have taken advantage of all those power plays they had. Um, but in the end, this is something where... If you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, you, there were some positives. I'd say the second half was definitely better, but they got to play a much more complete game because the Colorado Avalanche are going to make you pay for it. You know, it, it's it's shocking to see a team that is so like that was so accustomed to that moment. I mean, like this, again, this is their third straight Stanley Cup final. It's not like this is a, a stage that they're not used to being on. Um, they made so many little mental errors that yeah. I saw, especially at the end of the game with Patrick Maroon, who has been to now four straight Stanley Cup finals, taking a taking a delay of game penalty with less than two minutes left to allow the the Avalanche to start overtime on the power play and then use that momentum to cap off. Uh, Andre Burakovsky's winner. I mean, Tampa, it just seemed, I don't know if, it, if, if they were a tired team. I don't know if they were lackadaisical, but it just, they didn't seem as ready, I think, as the Avalanche did. I mean, the, like like the Avalanche, they came out and they sucker punched uh, the yeah. lightning right off the hop. And I mean that like purely offensively. There wasn't really some crazy physicality in this game, but I mean, like I said, they were relentless. And the, and the, the lightning, they just didn't come out with that fervor that you would expect from you know, a back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champion, and especially one that is looking to to make a statement. Um, 
they have a lot of work to uh, to re like they have a lot of work to do to essentially regain this ground that they've they've given up. But I mean, like the good news, like I said, is that this is a game that they absolutely should not have won. Um, they got outplayed in pretty much every category you could imagine, except for goaltending, really. And yet, they push it to overtime. Yep. That's pretty remarkable. So if you think if they play a much more complete game, and we look at the Braden Point, he didn't play a fantastic game at all, and he's still trying to get back into it after being injured. Darcy Kemper, you think that Tampa would almost kind of want to just smother him. Well, and Obviously, you want to take a lot of shots. But you would think they would do anything it took to smother him as quick as possible. Yes. Force him to play early. And he didn't look necessarily too comfortable early in that game. And no. then you look at that first goal that Nick Paul scored, and not a pretty one. Uh, and that third goal, probably one that he would like to have back. Um, the Vasilevsky factor there was very clear, and he kept that team in the game. But at the same time, think about the Colorado Avalanche if they get Kadri back, and Kadri could play at some healthy level here. Because his hand, inj hand injuries and, and, and leg injuries, like in Braden Point's case, very different. One, very hard to skate. The other, it's very hard to hold a stick. But if Kadri, let's say, gets ready to go, and they could hold him out for a little bit, it sounds like he will play in this series. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a really, really tough group to beat. I mean, like... This this team needs Nazem Kadri. I wanted these. This series needs Nazem Kadri. I wanted. I tweeted out during the game. Like I just wish he was playing in a game like this. It was amazing. Darcy Kemper is going to be the story of this series. I'm t I'm calling it right now. I mean, the Avs played a very like a very very good game. Like they like there were there were only they essentially made like two or three mistakes and they wound up in the back of their net. And Darcy Kemper. I mean, you have to, for a guy who, you know, cost the price that he did to be brought into town, um, who is now going to be a free agent. So, for, and, and to be fair yeah. to Kemper, it seems like he was almost more highly regarded everywhere else he's played. And then he comes to Colorado and the whole thing is, oh, is the goaltending good enough? The goaltending good enough? It's like, well, we're talking about a guy that, like, in Arizona, in Minnesota, didn't get points, was a huge saver. And then he comes to Colorado, and he played very good in the regular season. Oh, he if, did. If you look at the top, like goalies who played top forty, uh, at least forty games, and I wrote about it in one of my stories, he was a top five goalie by all accounts. In that case, playoffs, it's not been necessarily fantastic. But he also hasn't played a ton in the playoffs. So he's when you look at how much the workload guys like Vasilevsky have had and how good he is, Kemper hasn't played all those games, and he literally just missed the last series. Now Kemper, Kemper's numbers in the playoffs throughout his career are very bad. I mean, he, he hasn't played on many good teams, though. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. But like when you when you really but one thing is goal saved above average, right? Because that's that's more yes. or less like that kind of takes the team out equation out of it a little bit. He's a minus six point seven or six point eight, I believe. Uh, goal saved above average okay. in twenty four, I believe. Play, uh, playoff starts. He has twenty eight appearances. I mean, he's gonna be the he's gonna be the story of the series. And this this I think if if you had if you had a Kemper who was was a little bit more on like who was a little bit more the goaltender that he was in the regular season and in in the press conference they were talking about like bednar was saying look he he's this postseason he's been playing through injury and there, and that's essentially why he left the series in edmonton and he worked really hard to come back here tonight um but i think you know like they need him to be really good because for a game where they dominated the lightning like this where the lightning definitely didn't play their best game it went to overtime and they barely squeaked out a win I think like it, you need Darcy Kemper to play, if not at the top of his game, then at least close to it to really sort of maximize the potential of this team. I don't think it was necessarily Kemper's fault why they kind of blew that advantage, but this is a Tampa team that for three years has done a really good job of when they are down, they could take all the life out of you. Yes. And they scored a couple goals really quickly back to back in that second period, and that changed the whole course of the game. So. Yeah, game one. Quite a good start to this series. I'm excited. I was kind of hoping the overtime would go a little longer, but at the same time, if it seems like an overtime in the playoffs, if it's not a goal scored right off the bat, it just 
drags on because the teams are just kind of like settling into it. It's like, no, we want action the whole time. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you're a Colorado Avalanche fan, I think you're pretty happy. If you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, there's some promising signs. But, you know, this is a team that doesn't lose back-to-back games very often. Mm-hmm. They finally did it against the Rangers for the first time since that terrible sweep at the hands of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that's it. Created a monster. That is true. And I got a story kind of about what it's ter- turned the Tampa Bay Lightning into uh, coming up this weekend. But, uh, Mike, thank you very much. Uh, this is it from Game 1 out at Ball Arena. The Colorado Avalanche come out on top in Game 1. Game 2 is Saturday, and we'll see you then.